0: Each week I'll either be going solo or have guests with the aim to inspire, uplift you, and give you the tools for you to live your most epic AF life and business possible. You can find me on Instagram with the handle at Hi Babe. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey babes, I'm Haran here. Hi Babe Babe. I'm so excited today to introduce to you a very special guest. This is Emily. She is a life and career coach, a self-development fanatic a writer, a chronic oversharer, fitness fanatic, and the proud mother of a corgi named Herman. She's forever psychoanalyzing herself and writing about it.
1: Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Would you
0: mind quickly sharing your Instagram handle so if people want to put a voice, wait, a face of the voice? Yeah, face the voice, Abs- they can do that.
1: Absolutely. It is at, but really though, but it is spelled... B T R L Y T H O. Yes,
0: Queen and it's also in the show notes below as well. So if you want to click that, you can click that while we're talking. Oh my goodness! Okay, so Emily, you are firstly straight up. She's a projector, so everyone just needs to like know this. Um, <laughs> do you want? Do you want to share with us like what your magic is? What what ripples are you currently making in the world? Like what? How does your business work? All the things.
1: Absolutely. So, um, being a career coach during a pandemic and a financial crisis is a very interesting, interesting place to be. But what I basically do is I help people weed through the bullshit to figure out what they want to do with their life. So we dig in deep. We take these opportunities that come up when you get laid off, when the rug gets pulled out from under you, and we make it work. We figure it out.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. And so needed and also so perfect for a projector because you literally... Like you literally a piece in the aura and you know like what's up. So you're like (laughs) the best person to be like picking through it all and helping someone and and guiding them because you guys really see like the big picture view, which is like just the absolute tits. Okay. (laughs) So how has it been navigating a business like through a global pandemic for you?
1: So I started my business um, at the end of March when I got laid off from my company. I had worked in corporate HR for five years And the part of HR I liked was like helping people figure out what they wanted to do. So (laughs) I was like, oh, I I think I have a career path for myself here. Mm -hmm. Um, So the making the choice was easy and the universe just kind of handed me this jump. They're like, hey, you don't have a job. Why don't you try this thing you want to do out? But the, I mean, it was definitely terrifying because you're like, okay, the job market is absolutely awful. So many people are being laid off are there going to be people that want this, that need this, that have the money for this? But of course Mm -hmm. there are, Mm -hmm. if not now more than ever.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's one of the things that I've seen with both, you know, my business and my my clients' businesses as well, like the pandemic, yeah, it's happening and all the things, but our beliefs and and our, like, our beliefs everything's happening for us right <laughs> the fact that we're all home and we're able to do these things like for years we've all been saying well i mean i certainly was and i know a lot of people who have been saying it but like i don't have enough time to be with my kids or i don't have enough time to like do the outside renovations or to like just sit down and watch you know 10 seasons of netflix in a row and next minute we're all just sitting at home because we've manifested being able to have to be at home <laughs>
1: Definitely. And I think a big thing that I've been talking to my clients about and I've been posting, because I do post a lot of free content over on my blog and my Instagram, because I realize there are people out there that need this help and can't afford it right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big deal to me is being able to give it to the people who can't afford it. But is that message that we need to rest? Because I think we've all been doing for decades mm-hmm. and none of us took the time to like unplug and be like, okay, if I give myself permission to rest, what do I find and what do I want to do and how does it make me feel to rest? Mm-hmm. It lets us kind of dismantle our belief around work and separate what we do for a living from our identity. And that's where I'm like, Ooh, that's the juicy stuff. Like that's the meat.
0: Yeah. God. Yeah. And I know from my experience, like connecting with ourselves is always, always really emp- like empowering and powerful and it's always the best thing for us. So what, what about you? What's your journey been like? What brought you to this point as well? Like how, what's your career been like and about really connecting with yourself? Like how has that journey gone with for you?
1: So the cliff notes version of me finding coaching was that I was working in HR and I was like, I'm kind of bored and I don't really like the paperwork and I, I was good at it, but I wasn't having fun. And so I was like, what can I do that'll make me feel excited? Um, and so I, my boyfriend's work hired a tarot reading just like the randomest thing for like a work event and he had a tarot reading from this woman and he had told her that i had recently at the time this was probably like a year ago had gotten Mm. into tarot and he's like she's been watching these videos but like she hasn't like bought a deck or done anything yet and so the woman explained to him she did his reading and i came up in his reading because we've we've been together for six years we've lived together and so she was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I'm going to explain to you what I think these cards mean and how they affect you and this relationship, and then I want you to share them with her and let her know she can reach out to me with questions." And so I was like, "I mean, amazing! What a cool experience that I didn't even have to be there for." <laughs> <laughs> and so he sends me this, and I he got her information for me, and I reached out to her, and I ended up going to her. She's a life um, and business coach, I believe she calls herself a secret illuminator, and she really what she does is she helps people find that spark. Her name is Joy Kaya. I love her dearly. And so she kind of set me on this journey of like, I was like, okay, like I want to get into this spiritual stuff. And I think this ties into what I want to be doing, but I don't think it looks like what anyone else is doing right now. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm meant to be some sort of specifically spiritual leader. So what does that look like? Because I had a very narrow scope of this. So then the more I learned and the longer I worked with her, I worked with her for about six months. I was like, oh, I can help people figure out what they want to do and like keep it practical. Like I can marry that woo and that everyday practical stuff. So over the course of those six months, I was like, maybe I'll make a plan to leave my job. Like maybe I'll leave by the end of the year. And then come March, I was like, okay, we're, we're going (laughs) training wheels off. Got it. Thank you universe.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And you're right. The, we can always bridge it. I'm not sure. I think maybe, I don't know. I certainly had a lot of experience with like woo people and they were like real woo, like really woo. <laughs> and so I wasn't sure like how you could integrate the two, but it like it really does feel natural. Like I, I don't, I think it just feels like an extension of us. How, how, what about for you?
1: Definitely. And I've noticed it's more of like how I do my self care. So like Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I go pull out a tarot deck and I pull some cards. And I I mean, I'm still, it's been almost a year and I still look up the meanings or like look to see if I can find a different meaning or like really analyze the cards in the decks I use because I think it depends on the scenario you're in and your state at that time. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely will go to that for self-care. I'll do like ritual baths, meditations, things like that. And I think when I stay up on those, it's so much easier to perform at my best because I am a projector and I need that. I'm like, I need to kind of hermit and figure out what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I totally feel that and resonate that as well. You're you said you're a two, six, right? Was it a two,
1: six? I think it's, is it the hermit and the yeah. something else?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the two, that's what I was meaning is the two is the hermit. And I totally feel the feels cause I'm a two, four. So yeah, totally like self-care is like a huge thing for us and being alone and like really diving into connection with us like meditation has always been a big thing for me and we're just talking about this before we started talking before we started recording rather (laughs) about how meditation (laughs) was such a big thing for you do you want to share with us a little bit about your journey with meditation
1: definitely so part of the work that i did with joy when i was working with her was a lot of that journey work meditation where you do the visualization and you really go on those journeys and you kind of heal yourself in those ways or visualize healing yourself or kind of see what comes to you when you put yourself in that relaxed safe space and at first when i did it i was always like i had pressure vibes on it i was like okay i'm meditating so that then i will be better and i'm like no 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 you meditate and it makes you better like <laughs> mm. but it's that it's that mental gymnastics of that that i was like oh okay like i put a lot of pressure on it and then eventually i was like it's time it's a rest. It's a way to self-care. And I think by putting it in that category, it makes it so much easier to find the answers. You can't be looking for the answers. They have to show up. It's annoying.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally resonate with that. It's like with the morning routine, right? Like I have had like such a journey with morning routines. It's kind of insane, but still. Do you have a morning Um,
1: routine? I would love to hear it because I can't do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, of course. Of course. So I'm not the sort of person who likes any sort of structure for a long time like I always have to change it up after you know sometimes just a day um <laughs> sometimes Sam, it's like six Sam. months or whatever <laughs> so for me like I have like a list of things that I go to but like anytime I do morning routine it's always got meditation in it like every single time that's the one thing that I probably will never not have oh, I mean okay the odd day I don't but it's it's because like okay and so some of the things that I do is like journaling like brain dumping or there's different types of meditation I do as well i don't know i've never heard anyone to us talk about this this is quite an interesting topic i'd be interested to know your perspective too i read a book by dr joe dispenser um, called um, something you're supernatural oh my gosh i've forgotten the title of it now becoming supernatural that's the one And one of the things he talks about is like meditation not just being something you sit down with your legs crossed and you're going om. Like (laughs) it needs to also be that he did a whole lot of studies and stuff about it, about you know, standing up and also sitting down and also like walking and stuff as well. So you actually basically used to integrating into your life which is really interesting for me because um, I see a lot of my generator clients who are like I just can't sit down for 20 minutes and meditate (laughs) like it's just not gonna happen Um, (laughs) so it's really interesting Um, but yeah so I do quite a lot of different types of meditation I do like ones with just music and I'm just meditating myself and just, you know, going off into fairyland. I do like a lot of guided ones. I also do like a lot of chakra cleansing meditations because I am quite open in my human design. So I have like a lot of energy that I'm taking on. So I do a lot, a lot of chakra clearing meditations and I'm often doing that while I'm walking in nature because it's like you're physically moving all of this stagnant energy around your body as well. And I just absolutely love getting two things on at once. Sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. And then when it comes to Oh, it's one of those things where like you you want to go and do it, but then you sort of can't be bothered. And then you like start to skip it. And then you start to be like real frazzled and overwhelmed. And like it feels like a system overload, especially because I'm a non-defined emotional authority. So like once again, I'm absorbing everyone else's emotions. So I'm feeling all these feels. And eventually then i'm like oh i should go meditate and then you come back to it and you're like oh yeah this is why i do it. what are you doing this is the reason why i meditate all of the time <laughs> it's because i get to like come back to my zero and come back to my grounding and for me also it was the thing that meditating slash yoga was actually a thing that got me through anxiety when i had anxiety because i just had to continue i used to do like little five minute yogas or, or meditations like 20 times in a day anytime i'd feel anxiety it really really helped me
1: what about you? When I worked in corporate HR, I would, um, if people got stressed and we were talking because people offloaded onto me all the time because I was HR and I was very open and talkative. Um, uh, so I, I would be like, okay, we're just going to do a forward fold. Like everyone just take a second. Like we're just going to all stretch for a minute, let all that energy out. Because I think there is something to be said about a lot of us can't sit still and a lot of us can't the idea of sitting down to meditate is so daunting and intimidating Mm. and it's like oh I could do a walking meditation like that sounds nice and it feels more relaxing whereas I think like a journey work meditation is like hard work Mm -hmm. so I I think you have to kind of meet your needs in it too which is it's like yoga you got your yin yoga and your vinyasa you got your different
0: your different Mm -hmm. spaces
1: for your different needs
0: hmm Yeah, I totally agree. And we both just talked a little bit about journey. Oh my gosh, I would love for you to talk about journey meditation and what you do with the occasional things, your clients, because I'm like so freaking here for it. Tell me all the so things. I, Share with us,
1: <laughs> please. I personally do not lead journeys and I do not take journeys um, for other people. I will take myself somewhere I've been before with a leader, but, and I'll tell people about it, but I Personally i am not at the state where I'm like, ooh, I could lead someone to finding that, but I do route them to people that are um, the the well-known people in my life that I'm like, okay, you could take someone on like a safe Akashic journey and like not let them get stressed or overwhelmed or freaked out or stop them if they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Because I do think while there's no physical danger to it for the most part, I do think that there is like you don't need to put that extra mental anguish or fear towards something that's supposed to see, be so natural and beautiful hmm But the first time I went on a journey to the Akashic with a leader, it was actually with Joy. I got there and in the journey and you kind of visualize your way through there. If anyone hasn't done one, it's, it's kind of like creating a, a fairy tale in your head almost, but it's like mm-hmm. you're following someone's voice and you're following their story and you're following your journey to get to what you want to find in this beautiful, in my case, it was a library of um, information about yourself or about the world. And I got there and I was like, oh, I've taken myself here before. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of meditation is that like, you've either dreamt of it before or you somehow thought of it or daydreamed it or as a kid you've been there and you didn't know what this was that you were creating in your head. And I think that's where the magic sits. It's like, oh, I had this inside of me. Mm-hmm. This is a part of me. This is me. Yes, Queen. that's what makes it beautiful. But, um, I personally am not at a state where I'm like, Oh, I don't lead people there, but I'll tell them how I got there. Like the different routes I've taken or Mm -hmm. send them to someone. I'll be like, Hey, you could go work with someone who is comfortable doing the journey work, but I would hate to take someone on a bad journey because I hold it so dearly. And so it's so important to me that I'm like, okay, let's, let's get a pro. I know my mm-hmm. limits. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love
0: that. And I remember the and this is not the same thing, it's a little bit different, but I remember the first time like doing a meditation in a course, like from for my clients. And I really felt prompted because I, I get like pictures of like where to take people, like a visualization. I always just like know where to take them. And I was so nervous the first time. And my clients all messaged me afterwards. They were like, That was insane <laughs> and incredible and just like so epic. So it's something that like I love doing for myself and love doing with clients and I love being I love people facilitating for me as well I just love the whole the whole thing of meditation as well as like the journey ones I think they're incredibly special and like you said like with me with the acacia um I recently did a program with uh the coach I'm working with at the moment Amy Melissa and she runs a program called into the acacia and we literally learned how to you know access it and all the things it was it's a really incredible program but when I went there for the first time I was like oh I've been going here my whole life
1: <laughs> right you're like welcome home yeah. <laughs> like, put my bag oh. down at the door <laughs> yeah. it's like oh I'm
0: I'm I'm used to this place I just didn't we didn't have the human words for it or whatever you know so it's really epic and I, I continue to find like with spiritual with my spiritual journey that not only is it like extremely profound and incredible, but also it's actually really grounding and really normal and really, it really feels like home. How about you?
1: Definitely. And I think um, a lot of the times if I do some sort of journey work, I start from like a very specific, like my personal safe space of my journey work. And I'm like, oh, like this is like I've been coming here my whole life. Like as a kid, this was the place I went in my head that I felt peaceful or like that image you have when you think of like, where's the place you feel safest that maybe isn't of this world. So definitely it is, it is my home.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Amazing.
1: I think part of this, like in what leads into the journey work is finding where you feel most aligned and where you feel like most yourself and that's kind Mm. of then what I do when I'm like okay what do you want to do with your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. tell people what they want I can't tell people how to work or what to do but I can be like okay if you want this these are ideas and this is how you can tell like check in with yourself and see if it feels aligned
0: Mm. that's beautiful so how do you lead clients to that place like what sort of things do you ask them
1: So it depends on who I'm working with because there are – I've not completely divided the world, but in my mind, there are people that are very practical and there are people that are very – that lean more on the the theoretical, the woo, the very Piscean energy if you're into astrology. My mind is Capricorns and Pisces, which is funny because I'm neither. But for the people that need that structure, it becomes more of like a list. It's like, what makes you feel aligned? What does being aligned feel like? And then what does it look like? Because a lot of the time, I think people that are more grounded in that sense, in the earthly sense, have a harder time identifying that feeling. And once they've identified the feeling, it makes it easier to figure out what it looks like. So I kind of push them towards that hardest part first. And then mm-hmm. I flip it for people that are more in touch with, they're like, I just want to feel this way. And I'm like, okay, what does that look like? And then how does that make you feel?
0: Because mm-hmm. I do think
1: we try to avoid the thing that's the hard part as humans, because we try to avoid pain and discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, most of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, what if I do that hard part first and that for people that have struggles with feelings, it's how do I feel? And then for people that have struggles with the practical, it's what does it look like?
0: Mm -hmm. Gosh, I love that. That's um, (laughs) really freaking beautiful. And so how is it that you, um, do you have like one-on-one clients and stuff? Like how does, how does your business
1: structure so so to speak? Yeah. So I, um, I try to cater to as many as I can and my priority is helping people who may struggle financially with getting into coaching. So I do have a lot of lower cost options. Mm
0: -hmm. So I
1: have a a free content on my blog, on my website. I have a Patreon that is subscription based that is anywhere from five to $27 a month, super low cost. And it's one lesson a month in a group program because, and then they have access to a group, um, a discord server, so they can talk to each other because I think that, And it just started this month, actually. But I think that to me is the best way to serve as many people as possible right now. Mm. Um, But on top of that, I do one on one. I have one off one on ones. I have monthly clients. I have some self paced programs that are available on my Etsy. But I think for me right now, my call and like what's most important, even though it's easy to be like, oh, I wanna do high ticket items and I wanna sell really high price things because the work I create is of value, I feel called to serve the people that don't have that right now and need that leg up. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either side of that. I'm just like, ooh, right now, like, this is where I think I serve the best.
0: Oh, God, And It's
1: amazing. Yeah. No, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I was like, it plays into that alignment piece. It's where I feel, even though I'm like, I could make, like, I could sell this program for a couple thousand dollars, and it would do just as well and make me more money, but it doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do, what do I do that feels right? Got to chase that alignment, even when it doesn't make sense, which is a very hard thing to teach people as a coach. <laughs>
0: well the best way we teach them is by us doing it though right because people see like the way we teach anyone in fact like our kids anyone right um is by us doing it for ourselves first and i i recently had a conversation with someone about this this as well so it's really since is coming up again but basically like for instance with with me most of my time i spend is actually creating free content <laughs> Most of made the work that I do with my business is that, and the reason why is because like we've we 've started to sell businesses because we want to fucking serve the planet. we want to help people we here we desire to really impact people 's lives and like with the whole mindset that like you know giving our best content isn't there 's no scarcity we' don't have to worry that we 're not going to sign clients because of that or you know by giving our best content for free, for instance, it just makes them want to work with us more because they truly do see see what 's possible for us and we 're able to help people you know, for free as we go. But then also there's going to be people who want to work with us one-on-one. Or do the- I think the Patreon is like the best idea ever. Like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> when I Definitely. saw that. Yeah, you go. Sorry. Oh no, my I got the idea. My boyfriend is subscribed to a couple of Patreons for a couple of podcasts he listens to. And I was like, wait a minute, I could do that. but yeah I just started it this month because I was like what a great way to serve people but not force them into some sort of like where I'm generating the emails or where there's some sort of like extra work and so that then I can put my full focus onto the content so for Mm -hmm. for this month for the next two months I'm working on uh it's kind of like a mini program of separating you from what you do so truly separating your identity from your job because right Mm -hmm. now a lot of people are in that crisis when you identify yourself with your job and you lose it who are you? Mm -hmm. Or if you want to switch careers, does that change who you are? And I mean, we know the answer is no, but (laughs) it is a lot harder in application. So um, this month we're focusing on boundaries and work-life balance or job search balance or balance with whatever you are doing as your hobby or your craft. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many of us think that like our hobbies and our crafts or our work are our lives. And it's like, no, what, what are we outside of that? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and then the second half will be um, career confidence and how those feed into each other so I am very excited about that
0: mm. oh my gosh that's epic I, I remember when I saw you announce it on, on the socials a few weeks ago I was like what yes queen it just felt I've not I don't know I just just dig it so hard I've just had a big zing of energy and I was like oh yes yes this feels aligned family." <laughs>
1: Yes, it is very much. I'm like, I'm career coaching, but like, not in the normal way. <laughs> mm, I'm like, fuck, pro- fuck professionalism. Like, forget it. Like, we don't need that around here. We need to find jobs that make us feel authentic and that work for us instead of us working for them. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, girl. Yes. Definitely. It is It is exciting. And it is obviously I came from a corporate HR perspective, which is a little more buttoned than that. So it is, it is very liberating. I'm like, I can be myself. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. I when I left my office job, and, and we transitioned slowly into what I'm doing now. But just showing up and like writing the posts or sharing what I do now, and in the context of business, I'm like, oh man, my five year old younger self would be like, what the fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> it's just so different, but it's like, so, Oh, it's so much fun. It gets to be so much fun, right? Like so much fun.
1: Yes. Well, and I think it, it's at first nerve wracking because you go from, you have, we create in the corporate world, people, we've had employees and we've made people basically create these personal brands Where it's like, this is who I am as a professional. And I'm like, I don't care who you are as a professional. I want to know you. Mm. Because we're human and we're having a human experience. I don't need to know about your professional experience. Um, And I think that's something that got really lost and really has been oppressive on a lot of people due to capitalism for a long time now. And I'm like, we can, I mean, we're stuck with capitalism. We're going to keep it. I'm not overthrowing capitalism. But like, we (laughs) can use it for ourselves. We can play the game. I and love I think that. that's the important
0: piece. Yeah. I honestly never really thought about this personal brand thing in a professional way. Like the, yeah, there's, wow. I'm sitting here going, yeah, of course we do. Like, uh, yeah, this whole different personal brand. Like when I th- think back to office manager days, like just such a different person, like leaving parts of myself at the door for a start as well. Like a lot of me at the door, um, all the undesirable parts, right. That we think people aren't going to want, you know, our sense of humor around or our witty attitude, or, you know, the way we talk, or the way we're like, yes, queen,
1: or whatever. And all exactly. <laughs> all the beautiful things that make us us, like, it's like, especially because I worked in HR, which was like, oftentimes managing and mitigating other people's feelings, you're not allowed to have a personality. Oh God. And a company, a company can say as much as they as they want, that they're modern, and they want people to be themselves. But when you show up as yourself, you tend to get in trouble. So <laughs> it's... It's how I'm not showing up as the right myself. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I think I watched that happen to so many people and I had to keep so many parts of myself quiet for so long that I was like, I, I'm going to explode. I got to let this out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how did you go down that journey of like deconditioning all of them and letting it all out? What did that look like for
1: you? So I um, slowly worked from like, a, I was at a very corporate company for my first HR job. And then I slowly transitioned into less and less formal workplaces. Um, But towards the end of that last job, I, my manager, I managed to get her to pull me out of like kind of the parts of HR that are like employee relations and like the, the less fun, more like managing people's emotions or telling people they're right and wrong, which like, I was like, I don't like any of this. Um, And I got to move into employee engagement, which was like, finding out what makes people happy and like what makes them better workers and what makes them more likely to stay longer. And that's where I was like, oh, this is like, this is a whole world that I want to be a part of. Like, this is the part that I'm like, okay, like how do we bring the human back into the workplace? And so I'm very thankful for that transition. And then I'm very thankful I was let go when I was, because at that point I was like, okay, I'd have all the answers, but the companies are probably not going to implement them because they're expensive. (laughs)
0: i'm so glad you had that transition because that's i did not even know that like you know people do it within big corporations that's pretty good (laughs) since it began
1: it is interesting what corporations will do and not to harp on that one in specific but every corporation i've worked at you have all these like subsects of every department like you think of like marketing and like the way we do marketing which is like we create the marketing we send out the marketing and we created the image or hire someone (laughs) to do it and when you think of like a corporation, it's like, okay, someone has to generate leads and someone else has to create this one image. And then someone else has to, like, there's so many extra steps and like little micro jobs mm-hmm. that when you start looking at all those different departments, you're like, Oh God, it's so much red tape.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I can't help but think about how I guess, you know, cause we employed stuff through, most of our businesses like most of our entrepreneurial life so for, you know for quite a few years we've been playing staff and i remember we used to hire people based on their qualifications and sort of the, like how their personality would fit in with our team and stuff like that right but like now how i add people to my team is significantly different it's it's actually about like firstly about whether they're in alignment with it, that they actually enjoy doing what they're doing. (laughs) Like I would never hire a graphic designer who's like, yeah, it pays good, but I hate it. Like, Oh, I would not, I just wouldn't do that because that passion isn't in the, in the work. So it's, it's, I love the, like a movement that we're part of in this world, which is like working and living a soul and heart led business and life, like they integrate. And it's just, Oh, it's so good and so yummy and just so much fun overall like so much fun
1: it is definitely and I think it's so the best part about working in HR was that there are a lot of people who think in this similar way that work in that industry but the companies don't support them or management hasn't transitioned to that mentality yet Mm -hmm. um which is one of the reasons why I was like okay we got to do this on our own um but Mm. interviewing people for more of a um like a character fit, then a like personal character fit, then a qualifications fit was a game changing concept for a lot of companies because so it was like, oh, if someone mm. wants to be here, they're going to show up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't mm-hmm. have to rehire someone or like backfill mm-hmm. that spot if they actually want to be here. And I think for some reason that took people a long time to figure out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's created this whole persona of needing to be the best and all the things when actually I don't I don't know it just a person who enjoys their work does just work better it just it's yeah oh, it's so different it's I'm I'm so glad to not be in this big corporation world anymore um
1: Definitely. It just doesn't have
0: to be the same yeah
1: Well, and I always tell clients too, like when they're in, because a lot of what I do is interview prep or like helping people get their resume ready and things like that. It's like, does this company feel aligned with you? Mm. Because if it doesn't align with you, there's, I mean, unless you need the money. And in which case, like, I'm not going to shame you. You do what you got to do because you need to live Mm -hmm. your life. But like, then keep looking for another company that feels aligned while you do it because you don't have to settle for a place that doesn't feel good. And you don't have to settle for a career that doesn't feel good.
0: Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have clients who don't even know what they sort of want in a company, that like, do you have clients who come to you that are like that? Who are like, I don't really know. I just know that what I've experience isn't the best thing. <laughs> How do you sort of guide them into finding out what it is that they do desire?
1: Definitely. So, I um, I lean really heavily on my personal experience in this. When I graduated college, I was like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. Um, I have a degree, and it's in English, which is I read books for four years and I love reading, but that's not really like a, like no one's going to, I'm not writing New York times reviews. No one's going to hire me for this at 22. (laughs) What am I going to do? And, um, I went into temp work, um, and tried a bunch of different like corporate jobs. I was like, okay, I'll try being a legal assistant. Oh no, I hate this. Okay. I'll try marketing. Oh no, I hate this. Like, and I, I tell people to find something, if they can find a job that's like it feels somewhat aligned or maybe like a barista job or a food service job or something that can make sure they have their basic needs met and mm-hmm. then trial and error other companies that's my number one recommendation it also depends on where you are financially because if mm-hmm. you can afford it just like trying things and then leaving when it doesn't feel right there's no shame in that job hopping is not something that should be frowned upon it just means you're looking for the right fit it's like dating you wouldn't stay with the wrong person for a long time just because you'd feel bad bad. for dating around
0: yeah (laughs) yeah we've we've created a lot of shame in regards like you have to stay at a job for three years or whatever you know when actually you can and we were just talking about this before actually as well with coaches like sometimes we want to stay with a coach for 12 months we want to work or two years whatever we want to work with them for a very long time and sometimes we just want to work with them with for one group coaching program with that, and then walk away and take what we needed and then end off you know and it's and it's beautiful and it's a it's a great partnership
1: Well, and I think what's interesting too about it, it's like, it's not like you have to never go back to it. It just means it wasn't the right timing for something. Mm -hmm. I even think about that, like, like when you read books, like sometimes I pick up a book and I'm going to read it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to read this. I don't feel like it. And then six months later, I'm like, this is the best book I've ever read. Why didn't I read it then? And it's just like, oh, it wasn't the right time. I totally agree. I've done it (laughs) so
0: many times as well. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. It's so hilarious. Or the other thing I do is like go back. I've been seriously considering reading the Harry Potter books again.
1: Have you never? Okay. I was going to say they're my favorites. I will, we can do it together. Do you need me to guide you through it? Oh, I'm like,
0: I'm feeling at that point where I'm like, I reread, them, like I have read them more than once, but like when I was a teenager. Right. And now I'm like in my mm-hmm. late twenties, just about 30. And now I'm like, I'm 30 in a couple of months, actually. Oh, my God. Um, I feel like I want to go back and reread it because I want to re-experience it. But at the same time, I'm like, is it going to be as good? Like, or is it yes. not going to be as good as I thought it was going to be?
1: <laughs> it will be. I um, They're my comfort food. So when I don't know what I oh. want to be reading and I need something to like read before bed, I just pick out my little, like one of my Harry Potters and I go, Um I think, I mean, J.K. Rowling is an awful person. She is a transphobe. She is a negative person. I am not supportive of her at all. Um, I didn't even
0: know that.
1: Are you serious? Oh, yeah. she's, she's transphobic. She's so problematic. I Yeah, if you go on her Twitter, you'll see a nightmare. Um, oh, but, but the books are amazing. And I think what's important is that, like, the messaging in the books is good as long as we don't – we separate the work from the author.
0: So. Uh-huh.
1: When I buy Harry Potter things now, I try not to buy them from Warner Brothers or JK. Rowling specifically. I try to buy them used or from like Etsy sellers mm-hmm. because I then it supports people that actually support the messaging because mm-hmm. yeah, she has some very uninclusive language. it's It's gross and problematic. Oh, bro, but not I know least. right? You're like no. these are such great it's such a great message, such a great book and then here she is being a negative Nancy. Yeah, I just remember the books, like
0: for me, really because um, obviously reading them like growing up, I think the first one I got to when I was ten. That's when the first book came out. I remember my my school teachers reading it to me anyway, when I was ten. Um, and then read them all the way up. I think they took about seven-ish years to come out. So I probably the last one. I was like seventeen. If I'm right, is that about
1: right? Do they take about seven years? I think so. Ahead? Yeah. I I read I don't they I remember getting because I'd go to the midnight premieres, I was very into this, so I would go to the midnight premieres to get the book at the bookstore, oh at the mall, As oh. and I think the last the last one came out when I, I think I was like 14 or 15, so I feel like, and I'm 27 now, so I feel like that, that would be about right, oh. they took about seven years.
0: Yeah, right, okay, yeah, so yeah, it feels like that roughly time anyway, but, so I remember like reading them, and Just it it felt like it opened up a portal for me. Like the thing. Oh my gosh! Tell me. I don't know what book it is. I've not read it for so long. Which one is it? Where they go into that room and there's all those like glass jars. It's like the sixth one or the fifth one. And there's the.
1: Do you know what I mean? There's those those glass jars. Oh, the prophecy shelves. All the. Yeah. um, Yes. Yes, that's the fifth one because that's right before right before spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read harry potter it's right before <laughs> sirius dies <laughs> surely everyone's read harry potter at this point in their lives like, surely I, it's been 20 years if you didn't read that i'm sorry <laughs> oh
0: my god has it been 20 years
1: no <laughs> i don't think it's been that long i was gonna say no it's not
0: 10 years is it surely not anyway when that room looks kind of similar to me like the akashic records does not the first time i ever journeyed there that i saw it. it reminds me a lot of the akashic records anyway there's there was quite a few things in the books, it just really allowed me to like expand and just have like different perspectives on life and just question everything that I ever like believed. Basically, is basically what I'm well, trying to it, say. So
1: <laughs> it lets you. She's so good at writing this story that convinces you that there could be this other reality and like you could be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That it, it feels very inclusive, which is so unfortunate considering the way she talks about people. But it is so inclusive in the story and so very beautifully woven that you're like of course this is happening like if I go to London and I find the Leaky Cauldron I can tap on the brick Mm -hmm. and go to Diagon Alley like duh (laughs) (laughs) that's got to be there
0: yeah and I I love that and I no, you go sorry
1: oh no I was just saying she created a like a literal magical world
0: Hmm. yeah for sure and like our lives get to be like this too the more I've learned and integrated into my life the more I realize that it's just my beliefs it's just our beliefs that are holding us back from actually experiencing what it is that we desire in this life, and that we have a lot of co-creative power, and a lot of co-creative like saying what's expressed and what dimension we're experiencing, and you know how our life or how our careers or how our business works or you know how our romantic relationships are and everything. And the more we delve into the things that are stopping us from receiving those, the the more we can actually just go ahead and just enjoy the life that we actually were born to always have.
1: Definitely. And I do think a piece of that, cause I always, I've always struggled with that because there's a little bit of privilege associated with being able to quote unquote, live a life of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you think of financial abundance specifically? But I think that the more I've learned about it and like the more I've looked into it and the more self-discovery I've done around it, I'm like, Oh, abundance is a mental state. <laughs> abundance mm-hmm. isn't a bank account number. It doesn't look like something. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the magic sits. And I also think that's one of the things in that book that it does a really good job is it's like it creates this true feeling where then anything is possible. And our feelings dictate so much of how we can then co-create our reality.
0: <laughs> yes, Quayne. They absolutely do. <laughs> Oh, okay. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. If people want to connect with you some more, can you please let our listeners know where they can find and connect with you more and come and be all up in your grill of all the things that you do online?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, the best way to find me is by going to the Instagram, but really though B-T-R-L-Y-T-H-O, there's a link tree in my description box that links to everything including my website, my Patreon, my blog, the YouTube channel, the whole shipping. Or you can visit my website, but really though, spelled though spelled T-H-O. We didn't buy any extra vowels at the end of that. <laughs> um, and you can find all my coaching information in my blog and links to everything else there.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much. If you had any last little golden nugget to drop for the listeners, what would you say?
1: Um, I think... My favorite lesson as a coach has been that like, as a coach, I can't tell you what you want, Mm -hmm. but I can help you find your way to the path. And I think that's a common misconception in the coaching world. So I always like to put it out there. It's like, I I can't fix it for you, but I can hold your hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that so much.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for jumping on with us, Emily. And
0: I hope you have a lovely afternoon. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would adore if you would screenshot it, chuck it up on your stories with your favourite takeaway moment and tag me at high by Babe on Instagram so that more people can see this and get this content and get this message out there to really shape and change and impact other people's lives do you desire to be around more high vibe women who really get you who encourage you who like support you no matter what yeah well guess what i have a place that you belong it is called high vibe babes Community. it is a free facebook group and i would love to have you in there there are so many free trainings and epicness in this group so please get your booty in there it would mean the world if you'd subscribe to this podcast, do the reviews, the rating, the stars, all of the things. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to chat with you on the next episode. I'm sending you all of the vibes and all of the love over and out from Unherit to High Vibe Babe.